the biggest lie in the world? What is? Put your money in the bank account. While you are saving your money in the bank, the bank is investing your money. And you ain't making nothing. epidemic hit, corona, have no jobs, rap, didn't say well, all them rich meals, now they for sale, how they kept didn't do well. I know I'm good, I'm like, oh well, oh well. I'm a real hustler, I'm recession proof. I know how to make the paper, then stack it too. Stack it up. Recession proof. So when I hear Gotti talk about that, well, first and foremost, Gotti, he, 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 he spits bars all the time. One of the most underrated rappers out there, I believe. 100%. One of my favorite rappers, low-key. Yeah. Conscious as hell about what he's talking about. But like when he, recession proof. That's what we talking about. When you talk about generational wealth, a lot of people out here are rich. I look at my wife all the time, I'm like, Taylor, babe, guess what? We are rich. <laughs> we are one down market, right? We are one mess up away from this thing being done, right? Yeah. But when you talk about being recession proof, you talk about that diversification, now you you got something. A hundred percent. That If you would have let the song keep playing, and I definitely make sure you go listen to it. It's an amazing song. But he talking about like when Corona hit, how everybody else that his peers, they had to go sell, you know, some of their they nice watches, their cars, mm. because they live in, you know, they, they didn't know how to budget. They ain't know how to make sure the money's keep coming in. They have no multiple streams of income. So when Corona hit, if you can't do your shows, it's ugly for you. You know what I'm saying? So like recession proof, that's real. He like, man, at the end of the day, I'm a hustler. I'm gonna figure out how to get it. But like to the everyday person, it's about making sure, especially when you don't got true job security or, you know, if you're in a position living beyond your means, you got to make sure you got that rainy day fund tucked away, that emergency fund, but also having other means of making money, yeah. right? Off the investments, right? Off the sports, off the, you know, the shows. It's like, you just got to have it. You got to figure it out. Man. That's how you diversify. So when we talk about the rainy day fund, right? Like, so what's your suggestion on the rainy day fund? How, how much money is that? Yeah, to, to the average person, right? Mm -hmm. Like the 99% of other Americans who ain't a one percenter, yep. who ain't, you know, got over 350, 500K tucked away. A rainy day fund, you need three to six months of your mm -hmm. necessary expenses, right? Yep. I tell everybody, right, even before you start investing, right, I want you to have that emergency fund tucked away. And when you think about what is your three to six months of necessary expenses, those are everything you need to live, right? So whether it's your rent, your mortgage, you know, whether it's the insurance, whether it's, you know, the car note, you know, food to actually survive. Like, these are things you're going to need to fully get around. And so at the end of the day, whatever you're making, you want to make sure whatever your monthly outflows to cover those necessary expenses, you want to have that tucked away, man, in, the, in your savings account or in the high-yield savings account because you never know what happened. I think Corona really let everybody know, right? Like, if you're in a, you know, in the service industry and, you know, you got laid off or temporarily furloughed, it's like, damn, you know, I was really living paycheck to paycheck. And the vast majority of Americans really do live paycheck to paycheck. And so for this, if anybody that made it and survived it out of Corona, the one thing you got to know is like, all right, I'm for sure going to have an emergency fund because, you know, a lot of people was having to do a lot of bad stuff, whether it was like, man, let me go take out a, a cash advance loan or something, right? That hundred percent, you know, thousand percent, like it's crazy out here. So anybody, man, you listening? You always want to have an emergency fund, man. Three to six months of your necessary expenses. Yeah, man. I think, like you said, Corona woke a lot of people up. Mm -hmm. And when you realize history repeats itself. So you never want to be caught like that again, right? So now, what are you doing to make sure that me and my family can always eat? Rick Ross, 
one of the lines I love in the, the song, I'm a boss. A boss is one who guarantees we gonna eat. 100%. Right? My second year in the league, I was sitting out after two weeks. They said, hey, you ain't good enough. What? Okay, well, food still gotta be put on the table. I still gotta eat. Yeah. A boss is one who guarantees we gonna eat. So regardless, we gotta be recession proof. Yeah. And that's the next level for a lot of us as investors, a lot of us as people, right? Like you said, three to six months. As soon as you get that three months, that doesn't mean you just stop, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Corona has shown us, like, hey, like, it might be okay. You might have to weather the storm a little longer than six months at some time. 12 right? months. So, yeah, so go ahead and, and just keep tapping into that emergency fund, saving up, saving up. But now, at three months, maybe you start to put a little bit towards investing. But a lot of people got it backwards. They want to come out here, let me go ahead and, and invest. Let me just go ahead and invest. You haven't even covered your emergency fund yet, and then when you become ass out when something yeah. really happens that you have to deal with and you don't have anything to tap into, now you got to make bad decisions when you're investing. You got to pull out a market at the low. Exactly. Because you haven't set yourself up. So let's be recession proof. Recession proof. That's the that's the the, the, the name of the game, right? Like it, the craziest thing, not only was it people who work just everyday jobs, right? Like a person in the service industry or, you know, someone in a hotel who might have got furloughed who really was like, damn, I need that emergency fund. But it's famous people, mm. right? That was the funny thing about the song Recession Proof, because he's talking about rappers, even athletes. Believe it or not, a lot of athletes are living paycheck to paycheck. Granted, they paycheck coming 50, you know, five figures, six figures sometimes. But imagine if you're a person who got, you know, $100,000 of expenses every month, right? Like, I don't want to say no names, but I saw a lot of rappers, you know what I mean, who... Couldn't do that, you know, because they used to, you know, doing show appearances, right? Like, not even show appearances, but club appearances. So if you're not able to get that twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 brown paper bag money, you know, three times in a weekend, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, literally. I was watching them do some stuff. I ain't never seen. They they, they, on, they on Instagram talking about, oh, you know, I'm, <laughs> they was literally, you know, oh, hey, anybody want a feature right now? I'm, I'm doing it for $2,000. I'll fly to you. Right. Bro, I was seeing some stuff, people that I was like, yo, I really like this guy, right. but he's terrible with his money, right? They doing features for the low. Go look back, look at some of the people. I ain't going to say no names. They doing you features for the are. low. Oh, my soul, you know exactly who you is, my guy. I love you, though. And I still want to almost was like, man, I give him I give him $2,000. He, he'll make me go platinum real quick. You know what I'm saying? But, like, they doing that. They posting stuff. They doing reposts. For like, at the end of the day, Right, it's all about your brand and people and, and Corona really should have woke everybody up because it's like, man, you know, I'm living, I'm living bad out here, right? If you if, if corona happened and you ain't got that savings tucked away, you ain't got no diversity of income, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you a musician, we already know y'all not really making no money on the streams, right? I make music and I for sure ain't seeing, you know, no no money off the streams for real, for real. It's like, okay, what other ways are you gonna eat, right? You got some real estate portfolios, you know, you're doing investments. Like, what what else other ways are you going to do? So everybody need that emergency fund tucked away. But then you got to start thinking about the diversity of income. Yeah. And that's something you do real good, bro. To be, you know, an athlete, right, obviously making big bucks. But you're like, man, this ain't forever, yeah. right? This ain't going to always be forever. So what, what you got going on to diversify your portfolio? Yeah, man. So, so like you said, for me, I never wanted to depend on another person to feed my family. Right. Yeah. And although I am an employee of NFL organizations and all that stuff, I'm also a, a boss, a yeah. ownership mindset where I make sure I, 
I got to control this space, control this spectrum. So what's the saying? I think it's a saying like, if you depend on somebody to feed you, that person could also starve you. Facts. So you got to be a boss, man. Come on, boss. Be, you you a boss. Be, right? Like, so, so for me, I remember even, I mean, for me, it actually started back in high school, bro. Like, when I was in high school, I remember there was a time when I felt like I wasn't getting the right push towards college recruiting that I should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to walk around the subject right now, right? And <laughs> long story short, I looked at my... They weren't showing them no love, man. They weren't showing me no Let love. Let be right? known. And, and so I looked at my... I, I remember something happened with an a all-star game. I was supposed to get a letter. I didn't get it. It got delayed. It got held by some person. I'm, I'm talking around the subject. I want y'all to know that. It got held by my, my coach. And... and I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but ultimately he gave it to me and it was past the deadline to actually be in the all-star game and play. Wow. So I remember that time, fortunately they let me in and it's crazy. It was one of my first times ever being in ESPN and all that stuff. I balled in the all-star game, you know, but I remember that time it was in the summer and I was just like, am I going to use this as an excuse to why I'm not where I'm supposed to be Mm. in life, right? So if I couldn't get in that game, would I use that as the excuse of why I can't feed my family and myself Mm. for years? Oh, my coach didn't give me the letter on time. And when I thought about that, you know, so literally as crazy as it sounds, since high school, I've had this vision of my son before I ever had a child, I had a vision of my son and he'd be in the bathroom. He's like four years old. This is literally crazy since high school, right? And I'd always think anytime I was faced with a challenge or something like that, I'd be like, I'm walking into the bathroom. My son is just gripping his ribs like, hey, daddy, I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I can't feed you tonight. We can't afford food. Well, why? Because, you know, man, back in high school, man, my coach, he held that letter a little too long and I couldn't get it to him, right? Like, I always just picture, like, there's no excuse in the world at that moment that I can give my son that's valid to say why he can't eat tonight. So at that point in time, I'm guaranteeing we're going to eat, regardless of how it is, whether it's football, whether it's me learning how to golf, whether it's me becoming the best uh, videographer in the world. I don't give a damn. I'm figuring out a way. If I got to make coffee beans, right, like, I'm going to find a way to make sure we eat. There is no excuse. So I think that that's just the difference with me is like whether it's real estate, whether it's venture investing, whether it's stock market, whether it's production, I'm finding a way to make sure we're going to eat. So if the stock market drops today, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we straight. If the NFL team, hey, Coke, you ain't good enough, cool. You don't figure it out. We straight, right? And for me, that's what life is about, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not about what your funeral, no offense, like, I might have a couple of teammates there, but the Patriots organization ain't going to be there, yeah. right? No offense to them, you know? No, that's The real. Jets organization ain't going to be there. They might send a card or a note. I, I'm telling you with my grandfather's funeral, he played 11 years in the league. They, sent, they tweeted out, Damn. you know, they sent a, some, a, a bouquet of flowers, mm-hmm. but that doesn't help him when he's going through the dementia fits and the sunlighting or sundowning what what they call it and all that stuff right like it doesn't help my grandmother right now so mm-hmm. ultimately i think for us as people we just got to really create 
a strong understanding of what we want and what really matters? Is it the title mm. of NFL player or is it the life I'm chasing, mm. right? Is it the, the, the comfort zone that I want for myself and my family? Wife, if we want to go on a trip, we don't have to spend it. But guess what? We mm -hmm. can if we want to. And so after that, then it's about finding how are we going to eat today? Yeah. And when you look at, there's literally, the way I wake up, I wake up and I think there's literally over a million ways to make money every single day. Right? 100%. When you talk about stocks, there's over 600,000 publicly traded companies. The stock market, if there's a, 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 a Nike stock, it's either going up or down today. So I got a 50% chance to make some money, yeah. right? I like the odds. That's a good exactly. odds. Exactly. So for me, even outside of the stock market, there's ways to make money. You can go sell waters on the street and find a way to flip it, right? Ultimately, soul. it's a pack about of 24 finding. waters costs like two, three bucks. You're selling each water for a dollar. Yep, three dollars. Yeah, cents. some some spots you get two, three dollars for it. It's exactly. crazy. Exactly, especially if it's hot out, right? Yeah. Like three dollars ninety eight cents at the Sam Club for a pack Bro. of forty waters. I, I I'm telling you, right? Forty waters, three dollars ninety eight cents. Make it make it work. If you really want to make money out here, you can find a way to make it work. And then after that, it's just about finding what lane is for you. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because there's so many different get rich quick schemes out here. If it was that easy, we'd all be rich. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> if it was that easy, like everybody'd be rich, right? We'd yeah. be trying to find get wealthy quick schemes, right? Yeah, so now real. it's not about thinking like that. It's about what is my lane, and let me go ahead and chase that. Yeah. No, dude, you said something so crazy. Having flashbacks, or better yet, flash forwards when you was in high school talking about your four-year-old son, pretty much saying, "Dad, my." My inside touching. I'm I'm hungry. I'm gonna eat. And what's crazy is, you know, I'm the same way because you know, you you from Baltimore. I'm from the South Side of Chicago, and we had to learn that early on, right? I think the best part about growing up, you know, in the hood, right? Growing up in the inner cities is like you learn all type of different ways of hustling because it's like you got a different mindset. Like this can be like you can you can grow up rich and then it can be taken from you and you will never have that hustle. Yep. But if you grow up at any time actually having to hustle and start thinking out of the box, the moment you get money, it's like, oh, I can't go broke no more. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like you got to have that mixed with the financial literacy because you saying, you know, man, I can go sell water. It's like, bro, I was in high school. Dog, I was selling CDs. Mm -hmm. I was selling oils. I had my own clothing line. In yeah. high school, on my soul, it was called Sir Mac. Look, there we go. <laughs> Sir Mac. But now, you know, we got the Black Wealth Matters. But it was crazy because no matter what it was, bro, and then I started throwing parties. That's when the real money started coming in. So, like, at 16, 17 was when I really started learning kind of top line, bottom line. Mm -hmm. We would throw parties. We charged $10 to get in. We started learning how to, you know, different ways of marketing. And it's like, you know, that same mindset always going to carry forward with you because at the end of the day, you said something that was even crazier. It was like, man, your second year in the league, they like, Coke, it's over for you. We, we like you, but we don't like you good enough. You're a good person, but we don't like you good enough. And I want to say, like, the average career in the NFL, like, three years, bro. So for you, from what I remember, now, obviously, we went to school together, so I remember your hustle, and I'm super proud to even call you my friend, my homie, because you was always going to grind. But, bro, your second year, obviously, you still working to do one of the things that's your lifelong dream, but you also had a plan B, right? If I recall, like you was interning, 
at yeah. a couple companies. Like, talk about that real quick because a lot of people, like, if their career's over, it's a wrap. It's ugly. It's like, what they gonna do? Like, you might get into broadcasting, but that's yeah. only if you was a big name. Right. That's if you speak good. Right. Like, what's next? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of mine's ugly. Like, you can't be on TV. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what you gonna do? Nah. Like, bro, I remember you, bro. When I was working, you was working. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? While simultaneously working to get back into the league, bro. That's a different level of grit and grind. Like, what was you doing? I think, man, like you said, bro, it's it's, it's the mindset, man. It, and it's, uh, it's like you in high school were figuring out how to make a dollar, how to hustle, how to provide for yourself. Me, I had that mindset of just like, I'm passionate about money. I won't even, you, some people will confuse that with money hungriness, right? For me, it's like, I am passionate about not just money, it's financial freedom, right? Being able to do what I want, when I want. So, you know, people refer to things as plan Bs and stuff like that. I literally look at it like I got multiple plan A's. I'm just a dude that's mm. interested in a lot of stuff. That's and I'm, I just refuse to say, I'm just going to focus on this. I'm just going to focus on football because people tell me to do that. Shut up and tackle, bro. Like <laughs> People tell you, hey, shut up and just focus on football, right? Like, yeah. but, but I'm interested in this over there, too. So if I can use my platform, let me go ahead and maximize it. Since high school football, to me, has been a means to an end, mm. not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Some, some of these guys, you know, we, we make a big play or we, we get into the league, and that's the, the top of the roller coaster mm -hmm. for us, right? For me, I never wanted to be that. Like, I can't imagine just living the rest of my life like, damn, just wishing on, you know, thinking about my my good old days, mm -hmm. my glory days, running out the tunnel and stuff like that. Like, nah, it's, we, we still got to find a way for this thing to go up. I can't have another 40, 50, 60 years, and I'm just kind of like walking with a great cloud mm -hmm. over me. So for me, it was always just about hustling and finding ways to learn, bro. Like... Mm -hmm. When, when we talk about, so I was interning, I interned at UBS Investment Bank, for those who don't know, interned one of the, the number one wealth management providers in the world, right? Interned at uh, a hedge fund, multiple hedge funds. Um, and for me, I think initially it was about learning how to do work in the industry, work in the business, mm -hmm. right? But once you start to understand it, it becomes more of like, well, how the hell do I use this for me? Mm -hmm. How do I use what y'all are doing on the big level, on the international level? How does it apply to Brandon Copeland's life? Brandon Copeland's life? How does it apply to me, LLC? Right? Yeah. Managing money. Leveraging. Managing your risk. Managing relationships. All of that type of stuff. So for me, it was always about not just being comfortable playing football, but figuring out like how I take the money I'm making and I put it to work for me 10 times over. Mm. People talk about grinding all day. I'm trying to grind all day. I'm a dream chaser. I'm dream chasing. Mm. Boy, if you don't catch the fucking dream, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, God damn, how long are you going to chase the dream? Bro. That's real. I, I, you, I got multiple dreams. I know my dog, you got multiple dreams, yeah. right? Like, but like at a certain point, you got to catch one and move on to the next. Or to your point, right? Like multiple plan A's, like at the end of the day, you know, I ain't an athlete, but I had, I still got hoop dreams, Look, but not. Nah. <laughs> Don't lie to the people, hey, man. Hey, I got hoop dreams, pull, you know what I'm saying? Pull up your tape. Pull up your high school highlight tape. Oh, the, hey, the, the, hey, 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 I got, I got, you know, I'm a hood legend, you know, YMCA <laughs> legend, you know what I'm saying? But, but that being said, like about dreams, like I'm a person that make amazing music, right? 
but that don't mean I'm going to be the next Drake, right? So at the end of the day, I definitely want to be, you know, a person that makes amazing music, but you got to have different ways of finessing it, right? I'm never going to be a person sleeping on my homie couch until I make it, because mm. you could be sleeping on that couch forever, right? It's a, the, 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 the rap game and the, the athletic game got to be the same. It's probably more successful athletes than it is musicians. So, you know, one of the things for me, I'm just like, man, I, I know for a fact, you know I mean? If I want to become the next Drake, I'm going to still have to find a way to make some money in music, yeah. right? I found ways to say, okay, I might not make a club record, but I can make a record that's going to get on a TV show. Mm. So it's instantly, right? I might not be on the radio, although I am on the radio, yep. but I, I might not have a national hit, but I can get a song on, you know, Netflix or Showtime or BET, you know? And so for me, it's like the multiple plan A's is so real, bro, right? Like, I think that was one of the things that you just said that resonated with me because it's like, if a person only put they all in that plan A and just that one plan A and it don't work out, you assed out, bro. Like, there's so many, I'm sure so many people that you've come and gone in contact with that are now, you know, probably a bouncer somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they didn't find a way to take this spotlight and leverage it to the fullest, yeah. right? Like, I think the, the, the dopest thing is like, you know, when you got your first check, Right, your first real NFL check. Now, mind you, I don't know that much about the NFL, but I do know that stuff ain't guaranteed, right? The only right. thing that's guaranteed really is that signing bonus. So you can sign a two, three, five million dollar deal, but if you get cut after, you know, week two, week three, you're only getting that prorated, right? right? So like for you, when you got your first big check, was you like, mama made it? You Did you go buy a new car? <laughs> nah, like what you do, bro? Because I swear a lot of people be living beyond their means. And I think a lot of people can learn from you, whether you a new rookie or a vet. Like, the way you manage your money is something that's admirable. Thank you, man. But, but I think, so, for me, it's... I always look at things as, like, we just getting started, mm. right? And and also, you know, I'm a realist about certain things, right? Like, I remember being a rookie in that total... I guess, let's backtrack. Got the call from the Baltimore Ravens, Right? Hometown team. Hometown team, bro. Hometown team. Hey, listen, Cope, this is in the middle of the draft. Mm -hmm. We had Penn at the time. Hey, Cope, such and such, you know, we like you. We want to pick you up after the draft, though. We're not going to draft you. Y'all got about two, three more picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we, you know, we're going to pick you up after the draft. You know, I start lying. I mean, other teams is calling. I don't know if I'm going to be there, <laughs> you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm there. Ooh, but our, our team's calling now. You better get me in the seventh round. Sixth round? Seventh round? No. Okay. Long story short, I'm, I'm still there. Yeah. I had a few different teams. I think Eagles, Colts, and stuff like that. But obviously, getting a chance to go to Baltimore right after the Super Bowl, hands down. best One of the best decisions of my life. Um, technically, that night, I was signed to a three-year, one-point, Four or five million dollar contract. Mm. College kid on campus at Penn. Penn relays was going on, so you know we had parties. I probably came back for that relay. Yeah, I think he did because we had a nice party. The, the, the police tried to shut us down at eleven. Told him we got you know we just signed. And like bro, I'm like, a millionaire, hey, dog. Stop playing with me, bro. dog. This Penn police said right, that. Like bro, right, stop playing with me. Right. Dog. I'm a millionaire, dog. Go ahead, keep it going, right? So we had we had a great time, right? But I remember. Telling my family, hey, I just, you know, you're going to Baltimore. Imagine you telling your mom that you're coming back home, all that type of stuff. My baby! Right. 
I'm pissed the hell off, right? I'm different, bro. Like, I'm like, y'all just didn't draft me. Hmm. Y'all really gonna, okay. So y'all think these other dudes y'all got were better than me? They were more important than me. That's what, what you're saying when you draft somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But I also understood going into it that this money ain't guaranteed, right? Yeah. Like, I still got to fight, scratch, and, and scrape just to make the team. So, fast forward, we go about four weeks into the season, and I get cut. Out of that three-year, $1.45 million contract, guess how much I made? How much you make? $26,000. Damn. Yeah. That's that's le- that's lower than minimum wage. He could have worked at Walmart and made more than twenty six k. Bro, yeah, because you, you go from May. I just hold on, right hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You signed your John Hancock mm. for one and a half million dollars, right? One and a half. And well, you was rich as hell again, for, for five weeks though. Right. Well, well, the sad thing is, like you said, less than minimum wage, right? Like this is this is from May through week four of the season. So this is May through October, ah, late September, first week of October type of thing, right? So, so you're doing like four, five months. Bro, I, Third of the year, you made 26 k If you was to prorate that, you would have still only made like 80 racks if that, like that would have went through, meaning like prorating. Yeah. I'm trying to understand, like, how do how does the fucking NFL contract work where you sign for one and a half and you only make 26K, Yeah, so, so, one, first and foremost, for all those people out there that are like, man, that person shouldn't hold out. He needs, he signed a contract. He needs to honor it. Well, make sure you say that when a team cuts you. Oh, my soul. Cuts your favorite player. Or when a guy like Isaiah Thomas plays in a game the day after. after sister. His sister passes away. And then the next year, they say, Deuces, we don't need you. Mm, bro, that's ignorant. You see what I'm saying? Like, you gotta do, you gotta understand the business of this where we sign these contracts and it, and it's really lopsided. It's really a, we can pay you this if you mm. play out of your mind. And if not, or if we don't like what you say or what mm. you do to this locker room, we don't owe you nothing. So wait, G, I, I can't, I, I still gotta wrap my mind around this, bro, because you signed a $1.5 million contract, which means you should be making half a million dollars a year, yeah. right? So that means you only got 26 k right? But that means... Now, now let's talk about when people start living beyond their means because on my mama, if I sign... Like, I worked on Wall Street, so if I, if I have a half a million dollars, that's real money. You know what I'm saying? So literally, anybody right now, any rookie right now, any person that just get a lump sum of money... If you don't really get that job security to know that it's for sure coming, right. you, bro, you could have took that. You could have went to any dealership, any bank. You could have got a three, a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house, yep. right? You could have got a Bentley. Like, bro, what made you not go do that, dog? Yeah, man, because so, you would have been bankrupt. So the so the NFL rookie minimum right now is six hundred ten thousand for the year, right? And it sounds really good, but it's week to week, bro. Mm. And, and and so I think that also, so for athletes, right, like the the springtime, you ain't getting paid like that, mm. right? I have one of my buddies, he he sat down with a new accountant in the offseason. This is a 12-year vet. He just won the Super Bowl. Shout out to Big Steve, team MVP, right, Steve McClendon. He sat down with an accountant in the offseason and was like, okay, you know, this is this. Here's my receipts. This is my paycheck. And she looked at him because he lives in Atlanta, moved up to New Jersey to work with the Jets. 
at mm-hmm. the time. And she like, you, why, why do you do this job? Like, based mm-hmm. on the spring, like, you, you losing money. What, mm-hmm. What's going on with you? <laughs> mm-hmm. You got these moving expenses, these living expenses. New Jersey rent ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. And you making a thousand a week, twelve hundred a week. What? I don't think you should do this. He had to tell, you know, listen, it gets different in season. Mm. When September comes, now we making the real contract money. Gotcha. But until then, we 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 just out here just covering our, our costs, so wow. to speak. Right? So for me, again, I've seen guys go to the mall and be sitting there acting on at that time, Snapchat was huge, right? Acting like they they balling up, buying up the mall and all of that type of stuff. And for me, I was always just like, you know, I think the difference was mentally I'm not in the fake shit. Yeah. Mentally, I don't care what you think about me. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mentally, I don't need you to think. I was at I was a young player in the NFL in my hometown city living at my mama's house. Straight up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like for me, my mom worked her tail off to to just keep us straight, keep us going and to hand the baton off to us. So this is the way I think of it, right? Kind of get on a tangent here, as I do, right? <laughs> Press a code. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what I think of it. So, so our grandparents, they started behind the finish line, right? Like, well, they weren't even in a race. Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, exactly. They right? weren't even in a race. I said the finish line, behind the starting line, right? Like they on the, all the way on the back end, just looking, like yeah, you know, they like, spectator. They look real cool, right? Yeah. But they took the baton, and they didn't. Hustled their tail off, Grand nothing. Full speed. To just who jumped? One no pacing. Hand it to moms and pops. Yeah. Ah, get it. What you gonna do with it? Please do something with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the mom and pops take it and they roll with it. Right. My mom, she worked extremely tough. Tried to get us out the hood, all of that type of stuff. Got us in middle class, working America, just putting it together, paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck, making it work. Right. Making it look good on the outside. And she, bless her heart, she did a damn thing. I always thought, how crazy would it be for her to work her tail off? Just, ah, just give it to you a little bit further. Boom. Mm. Go ahead, son. Do your thing. For me to just drop. I'm in the same spot. Mm. This is it. This is as good as it it gets. How many people we know sitting in the same crib doing the same thing? And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, I will say what is wrong. It's your mindset. You think that this shit's okay. Yeah. Right? Like, your grandparents came from nothing and handed you the baton further. Your parents came from nothing, handed you the baton further, and you just said, this is it. Right. For me, it's like, so that 1.5, it's not my 1.5. Mm-hmm. It's my time. That I just got the baton. It's not my time to just bags. Yeah. Not my time to do shoes. Mm-hmm. It's my time to flip this. Yeah. Because my kids, I got to give it to you. Further. And so for me, it was just a different mindset, bro. Mm. And, and and again, I'm not into that fugazi bullshit. I'm not into that, let me tell you what I'm doing on the ground. Let me show you what I'm doing and all of that stuff. Like, nah, like, I, I'm sharing what we're doing. I'm sharing what really matters. Because yeah. at my funeral, I, don't, I hope at my funeral, you're not talking about the shoes I wore when I was 27 years old mm. or the sack I had in the game. You can't die with a Bentley. Facts, right? For me, I hope you're talking about what I what I meant to this earth, what I meant to your life. Mm-hmm. And that that doesn't cost money. So 
Facts. So yeah, man, that, that, that's that's where it was different. But again, I think it was just the mindset just made me be different. That's hard. That's hard. I ain't gonna lie, dog. I'm fine to be, you know, a person that know my shit a little bit. But it's hard to come from where I come from and in my mind to sign a one and a half million dollar contract to not want to flex, right? And it's crazy that you're talking about like kind of what your why is. And it's like, man, I'm doing this for my kids, right? And more importantly, you know, this money ain't guaranteed. Because, bro, when you say something, bro, everybody on the internet be flexing, bro. Mm. And it's, bro, you turn on Instagram, bro, I swear to God, it's like, you know, the new MTV Cribs or something. Everybody the richest person in the world. But the reality is so much cap going on, bro. 70%, literally 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 saved up. But we get on the internet, everybody rich. And so, you know, this coming full circle where it's like being financially literate and understanding how to budget and manage your money. Because the vast majority of any person, whether you're a musician and you and you sign for a million dollar advance, mm-hmm. if you don't really know what that means, you're going to go spend that on the chain, the house, and the car. But the reality is, this is a loan. Yeah. Y'all, this, ain't, this yeah. is a cat. You might as well go to the corner and go to the, the currency exchange or the cash advance. Right. Because this is a loan, a hard money loan, and your terms might be worse than the cash advance. Because we're going to own your life until you pay me that million back. And then there's some interest on it, right? And so when people don't really know financial literacy, it it hurts because it be our community that suffer the most, bro. You know what I mean? Like when we was talking about the laps, right, with your your grandfather or better yet, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, where they started out in the race, Bro, our grandparents and our great-grandparents was running as fast as they could, but they could run for 200 years right now, mm-hmm. straight, and everybody else could stop the race and they still wouldn't catch up, bro. Like, the average median net worth of a white family versus a black family is almost tenfold, right? 170000 median versus 17000 That don't make no sense. So when you start thinking about it, like, the financial literacy is what needs to make our people say, all right, let me start managing my money better so that my kid catch the baton at a little further than where I was received it. And that's not what we're seeing. And I think, I think, so one of the issues is we are afraid to get out of our comfort zone, Mm -hmm. right? So like, you know, we do a lot of nonprofit work. You in the community all the time, you come and you do your own things in the community. You come and help some of the things that we're doing with Beyond the Basics and stuff. And, and when we examine that stuff a bit deeper, right, it's it's tough for a parent who doesn't know algebra when their child comes and say, hey, can you help me with my homework? Mm. Ah, man, that ain't nothing. We don't need that. Look at daddy. Daddy got it without it, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, So now you kind of push it off, but that's more of our defense mechanism, yeah. right? And, and not that every parent is doing that, but like, you know, it's tough for some people to make this an emphasis in their household when they don't understand it themselves. Facts. We need to lean into that. You mm-hmm. need to lean into that discomfort. Like, okay, how I need to learn algebra. I need to, even though I don't really think you need algebra, but I need to learn, learn this thing. I need to learn these financial wellness tips so that I, I can be straight and we can change the cycle. A lot of people look at the 
the money tips, you talk about budgeting, investing, it looks like it's a beautiful mind. It's like numbers moving all around. So they think, ah, no, 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 I don't want it, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is technique. This is habit forming. Mm-hmm. This is a, over a, a time thing, not like some rocket science thing that you need to learn, right? This is an open book test. Facts. You know? And so you can, we just need to lean into that discomfort so that we force ourselves to learn what our comfort zone is mm. within this space. Bro, this is a, life is really an open book test. Fact. And Mods is scared to do the research. They would rather just guess like, fuck it, it's C. <laughs> but it's also, society is set up for us to not understand this stuff, right? Like oh. a bank, people, the biggest lie in the world. You want to know the biggest lie in the world? What is? Put your money in the bank account. Mm. Save your money. Save your money. Save your money. On my soul. Right? And it, there is a place and a time for that. Like we talked about the rainy day funds, emergency funds. You got to have a certain amount that's just saved. But that is one of the biggest lies in the world. While you are saving your money in the bank, the bank is investing your money. They are loaning it out to somebody else mm. at 3 4 5%. They're paying you 0.5%, 0.1%, 0.005% on your money, and they're making a spread every time. And you ain't making nothing, nothing. in return. And that's the biggest lie in the world, and bro. you feel good about it. And I think when you, you, you know this, right? Like, for me, personally, when I went into Wall Street, when I started working in my hedge funds and interning and all that stuff, I was just like, oh, so y'all savings accounts are really y'all investment accounts. Mm-hmm. These things, are, y'all look at that as your liquid cash. What? Right. So it's not, disclaimer, it's not that your emergency fund is your investment account, but anything that ain't for the next three to six months, that's got to grow. Yep. For me, if it's not growing, it is losing money 100%. every single day. And people, to really give yourself an understanding of what banks do with your money, if everybody that banked with your particular bank, if they say, yo, let me get my money out right now, the bank could not physically get you all your money out. Right. Because they have your money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere else where they making money. Like if everybody went to the bank like, yo, let me get my money out real quick, which is called a bank run. They physically and literally don't have all that money on because they taking your money and they investing it. But the point that you said is what to even help people understand. This is what people, well, this is going to really pick you up. When you putting your money in the bank, right? Because all our grandparents say, oh, save your money, son. Save your money, save your money, right? That's all they knew. The but the are. reality is if you only putting your money in the bank to save it, right? You're actually losing money. Mm. That's what people don't understand. The value of your money go down every year. Mm. Literally, right? Because of inflation. So inflation, the rise in prices of goods over time. Inflation is about 2 to 3% each year, which means if you put $100 in the bank right now, that $100 is worth like $97 next year. Mm. Nobody even think about that. Don't nobody know that. Literally, your purchasing power goes down each year. So for people that don't know about investing, it's like, man, it's an open book test. You got to read something, right? Whether it's some CDs, if you really don't want to take on no risk, put in, you know, certificate of deposits, right? High yield savings account. That way you can at least try to find a way to outpace inflation, right? When I tell people like, man, at the end of the day, when it comes to investing, right, and you got your savings and everything, Savings account, like you say, if it ain't just for your emergency fund, you're losing money. The value of your money is losing. You need to have it somewhere where it's making money. And don't nobody be understanding that, bro. And it, it hurts me because we weren't taught that. 
Yeah. And obviously it was done on purpose. Yeah. They don't want to give us the, the 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 tricks, right? They don't want to give us all the gems, yeah. right? They let us know a little bit, like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, we, you know, we'll give it a little, you know, they let let, let them in school now. Yeah. All right, oh yeah, we, okay, now let's give them equal access to this. But they on a whole nother wave, right? They, they they so far ahead, right? I mean, like you said, I was just having this conversation for our grandparents or or even great grandparents. Let's put it like that. It was illegal for you to read. Mm. Mm. And you think that as soon as we let you read, we're going to tell you like, okay, let's, uh, now we, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and sit down with you and break down the stock market, mm-hmm. you know, real estate and understanding the value of your homes and your credit and all that stuff. Like years ago, like if you could read, it was, whoa, what? Hold on, you bro. Said, you could read? <laughs> Hold on, hey, go read. You, hey, 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 go get that switch, my hey, guy. Hey, go hey, get that whip. Just, you know, so, mm. so, and but you know what's so crazy? We keep that same mindset. If you're in the hood and you know how, and you're smart, it's like, oh, I don't want to let all my homies know I'm smart. Let me act like I failed the test too. Yep, yep. That's crazy. The same shit that we was putting up with, we keep that same mentality. Yeah. And that's what keeps us on this hamster wheel, bro. Yeah. Like, literally, it's illegal to read. Oh, uh, now, present day, oh, uh, Oh, bro, I got that wrong, too. We, we got an awesome thing. Now you can read. You can listen to audiobooks. Who is going to give you this information, right? Hmm. One of the things I always try to understand is, like, how do, how do the people around me make money? If I walk into a room, hmm. I want to know how you make money, how you make money, how you make money. If you're trying to give me something or tell me something, I want to know, well, what's in it for you, right? Hmm. The credit card companies, they don't want you to understand this stuff. They want you to keep paying the minimum balance. So that they can charge you the interest rate. Twenty percent. Right? Exactly. Your mortgage company, they don't want you to know about extra mortgage payment math. Yep. Even though this thing is open book test, mm-hmm. right? Banks. Talk talk about that. Talk. What did it go from thirty to fifteen? Right. If thirty. You, if you if you pay one extra, one extra a year, you could take eight years off mm. the life of your mortgage. Mm. Which to so that you understand that. Not just the years off the life of the mortgage, it's the interest payments. If you look at the uh, amortization schedule, which is basically showing you the interest and the principal that you're paying over the next 15 to 30 years for your mortgage, 10, 15, or 30 years, you pay more interest than principal. Like three times. Exactly. It's crazy. And interest is money in the trash. Let's mm-hmm. just call it what it is. That's you paying for the, the, the loan, mm-hmm. so to speak. You'll never get that back. So a lot of people, you hear them talk about, oh, you know, I got my house, it's an appreciating asset. Oh, you know, I got my money in it mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. But really, if you look at the amount that you paid over the life of the loan for the house, you thing ain't really appreciate where you made any money. Right? <laughs> like if you bought a house at 300 and that thing goes up to 500 even. 500. They think, oh, I got 200K in equity. Yeah. I can't. Nah. Nah, you, you done paid 550. You, you done paid six something right yeah. for the house, so you that's that's a little lot too, yeah. right? So, but but understand that nobody is going to give you this information because they're making money off of you not understanding this info. So that's why what we're doing with other guys that don't earn your leisure, mm-hmm. MG the mortgage guy, yes sir, economics, what the you're doing, homies. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Life one on one, what we're doing, right? Believe like it. ultimately, this these are the things you got to pour into because this stuff is. We're living proof that this this shit ain't hard. Yeah, it right? really ain't. It's it's just creating a plan for yourself, 
being comfortable listening and learning, mm-hmm. and then just execute. That's where you got to have the balls. I'm gonna the tell execution you straight up. is real. Fin- I tell people financial literacy is a language. Mm. It's just how early do you begin to speak it? Yep. The earlier you speak financial literacy, the more likelihood, the higher likelihood you will be at being fluent in it. Yep. So when some of our white peers is at the dinner table as kids talking with their daddy, oh, dad, oh, you have more than one real estate property? Oh, dad. So wait, what's it? Why are you mad? The stock market did what? Yep. Oh, you're happy because... My, I ain't nothing. Mines don't hear about what the stock market is. Mines ain't hear about what real estate, and that's the thing. Oh, dad, wait, what credit about what? What's credit? When mines is, if we teaching our kids to have these type of conversations, they're gonna be light years ahead because yep. the moment you learn financial literacy, that's how much better your life is gonna be. You're gonna understand all this stuff. That's how you're gonna make more money. Mm-hmm. That's how you're gonna be recession proof. That's that's the word, the phrase of the day, and that's what you gotta live by, man. We want to thank y'all for tuning in, man. It's your boy, Ross Mack. It's your boy, Brandon Copeland. And this is Money, Music, and Culture, man. If you want to continue to understand all these gems, man, do us a favor. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, and then also share this with one of your cousins and them, your auntie now. And we're going to continue to help y'all figure out how to get to that bag, man. We're going to continue to teach you about being recession-proof mm-hmm. and even more stuff like that, man. Let's do it. Money, Music, Culture. See y'all next time.